630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Jenner has scored in overtime. The Blue Jackets beat the Los Angeles Kings 4-3, so L.A. bumps up to 66 points. Two points ahead of both Edmonton and Vegas. Vegas plays later on tonight against the Ducks, and of course the Oilers play the Canadians tomorrow. Dallas and Winnipeg tied 1-1 in the second period. In the third, it's 2-2 Penguins and Hurricanes. There was just a fight in that game. Rangers have beaten the Devils 3-1. Last minute of the third in Tampa, lightning up 2-1 on the wings, and very late in the third period in Buffalo, the Sabres leading the Wild 5-3. Oil Kings scoreless against Calgary at Rogers Place. Five and a half minutes left in the first and uh, Mooner texted me a few minutes ago about partway through the first period at Claire Drake Arena, Golden Bears and Dinos in a 1-1 tie. Now to Dreisaitl, to McDavid, skates up the right wing. Give it to Dreisaitl, scores! Leon Dreisaitl with a one-time heater off the right wing, and it's a power play goal. This game's tied at one. 38 of the season for Leon Dreisaitl from probably his favorite spot on the ice. Just below the faceoff circle on the left of Marc-Andre Fleury. And he releases that thing quicker than you can say one-timer the word itself. Right underneath the glove of Marc-Andre Fleury. And I don't know about you, Cam, but I saw that play generating from miles out. As soon as McDavid came around the net behind Dreisaitl, it was a quick one-two with 29. And as soon as it got back to Leon... Well, part of the action described last night here on 630 Chet and the Oilers Radio Network, of course, Cam Moon with the play-by-play and uh, filling in for Bob Stoffer, who was unable to uh, do the color commentary last night from Oilers Television, Tony Brar, who joins us now on Inside Sports. Tony, how are you doing? Reed Wilkins, happy Friday to you and all the listeners. It's a great day to be back home in Edmonton. That's quite the road trip. Well, it was long road trip, and it took a turn for you when you you got asked to to fill in for Bob. I mean, look in 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 broadcasting. My experience is you kind of have to be able to do everything if called upon, but certainly there are some things that I know for me I, I I'm much more comfortable doing at this point in my career than I would be doing uh, <laughs> other things. Like for you to step in and do color, have you done a lot of color in the past? Uh, you, you know, tell us about that and 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 how you you tackled everything last night. You know what? I actually did do color with 630 Ched's very own Brendan Escott. Of course, he's the producer of Oilers now. So when we went to school together, our intake was January of 2017, and immediately we applied to be the color commentator and the play-by-play combo for the Nate Ooks men's and women's hockey teams for the following September. You know, we had some pretty good mentors show us the ropes. So I had a little bit of color experience back then, but I listened to Cam Moon and Bob Stoffer, or Jack and Bob Stoffer, or Rob Brown, whoever is the duo for Oilers games at home all the time because they're actually in my IFB while I watch the game. So uh, it certainly helps us familiar with the role uh, because I listened to it so much and it's also something that I really wanted to do so I was pretty amped up to do it Reed and when I found out I was doing it with Cam Moon I was 
truthfully, uh, over the moon, pun intended. <laughs> there you go. And you're learning from Gene as well, which is good. Your hair is not yeah. as long, though. <laughs> as it used to be anyway well that's cool yeah i mean you did a great you did a great job we played a little bit of you analyzing uh dry settles one timers so good for you for for stepping in and, and showing uh showing your chops and uh in a variety of different ways here so so uh so what nate for you was 20 uh, 2017 what what prompted you to get into broadcasting to begin with were you always interested in it or what was the what was the spark there Phenomenal question, and just going back to what you first said uh, before I continue on with your question, if I could only bring one-tenth of what Bob Stoffer could bring to the table, that would be a good day in the office. So it was some pretty big shoes to fill. I was just happy that I didn't swear on air. That was that was a big positive. But the uh, going back to broadcasting, you know what, Reed? I've always been fascinated with being on TV. Truthfully, when I was growing up as uh, you know an elementary school student, I actually wanted to be a weatherman before anything. I wanted to be a meteorologist. Uh, I know it sounds super cheesy, but I just felt like you can kind of showcase your personality a little bit more. But then as I kind of grew up, I watched a lot of hockey with my dad. I wanted to be a sports broadcaster, more specifically in hockey, some sort of role on camera. But then I lost it a little bit. I uh, kind of talked myself out of it, uh, just like any other 18, 19 year, year old would, most I should say, would do. They kind of just are kind of stuck in life a little bit, and that was totally okay. So I actually ended up going the business route, got my degree, and then after working in the business field for, for a handful of months, I felt like something was missing, and I really wanted to go for it and chase a life dream. And that when I was 24 years old, I wanted to go back into TV broadcasting school, and I applied at Nate. Uh, a week later, I was accepted, and then two weeks after that, I was um, a part of the January 2017 intake. So a pretty quick turnaround, but I'm very happy I made that decision all the way back on November 2nd, 2016. Yeah, good for you. That's good stuff. Tony Brard joining us tonight on Inside Sports. You see him all the time on the uh, Oilers website, on Oilers TV, and last night he uh, was on radio here on 630 Ched and the uh, Oilers Radio Network doing the uh, analysis chair, sitting in the uh, analyst chair with uh, Bob out of commission last night. Now, you you have something else really interesting about your life, and that is you are a, uh, a high-level athlete, at least I, I think you are, I know you'll correct me if I'm wrong, in a sport that maybe doesn't get a lot of attention, but uh, I'll, I'll kind of let you take it from here, but you recently tried out for a national team, did you not, in this sport? I did, yes. Uh, so I, I play ball hockey. Uh, I play with the Edmonton Savages here locally. Uh, so I, I started playing ice hockey and ball hockey at a pretty late age. I started playing hockey at 15 years old. Of course, I grew up on, on the streets uh, playing and playing the game of hockey until my mom would shout out for dinner and I still wouldn't come in, just like every other Canadian. But I didn't actually play organized hockey until 15 years old. And then ball hockey kind of took off. In my early stages of uh, playing ball hockey, I got called to the national team for junior nationals. Uh, I played for Team Canada uh, down in Czech Republic. That was my first ever Worlds experience. I've been to three other World Championships. I've had the pleasure of representing both Canada and India. Of course, Reed, you know India is a big part of my background. My parents are from India, so I took great pride in choosing to represent India as well. And then just this past uh, October, I got another call to try out for the Canadian national team. I didn't make it, 
So I'm not sure if I qualify for your high-level athlete there, but uh, just an honor being amongst the best uh, 50 players in the world. And it certainly has motivated me to kind of get back in the gym and start putting a little bit more time back into Balky just because I did lose it a little bit uh, simply with the demands of work. But now I'm starting to balance it out, and uh, hopefully I can make the 2023 roster. Yeah, well, that's well. I, I think you are high level in that sport if you even try out for a national team. So don't don't sell yourself short. There. <laughs> no, no, uh, I'm just having fun with there. myself. Yeah, no, that's cool. And uh, we're we're right back at it tomorrow against the Montreal Canadiens, which is going to be fun. Then another one here on Calgary. Now, are you uh, do, are you traveling all the time? And has has traveling been? When you first started traveling, was was that an adjustment for you? Because as you know, I don't travel. I just go to the draft when yep. you know when there when we could go to drafts before the last couple of years. So that's it for me. Did you have to sort of get used to packing for road trips, being away for days at a time? Sometimes. You know what? When I first started with Oilers TV um, back in 2018, so August of 2018, uh, Reed, believe it or not, I actually never even traveled to the U.S. before. I've been to Europe a handful of times before that, but never in the U.S. And now to to figure just a few years later, I've, I've been to almost all 32 NHL cities. It's, it's quite remarkable. Uh, so this year has been most, uh, most travel heavy in terms of my, how long I've been with Oilers, with the Oilers Entertainment Group. And it has been adjustment, absolutely. You know, there's a lot of things that you might overlook that, you know, may not come to mind, like doing your dry cleaning or making sure that, you know, all your banking stuff and your tax stuff or you're caught up on all that stuff. So there's a little bit of uh, a daily adjustment that you kind of have to make and you really have to schedule out your days uh, just because my schedule is so travel heavy. Uh, and to answer the first part of your question, I'll be on every road trip this season with the exception of the last one in Columbus and Pittsburgh. So I'm kind of thankful that that's during a, a four-day stretch that I'll have off for the week because hopefully the snow will melt by then and I can get a few extra rounds in before the playoffs. So I'm <laughs> yeah, golf. There, I there we go. I hear you. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> hey, Tony, great, great work last night. Uh, I, I know you're such an upbeat and positive guy, so I knew you would embrace the opportunity, and you absolutely did that. And thanks for giving me and the listeners a chance to get to know you a little better as well. I'll see you tomorrow. Reed, Reed, I appreciate you. Thanks so much for the text this morning, for having me on. I was super excited. I, tur- I made sure I moved some things around to make this work because I was excited to talk to you. Uh, thank you so much for having me, and I can't wait to see you at the rink tomorrow. Right on. That is Tony Brar checking in from uh, Oilers Television and uh, filled in for Bob last night on our radio broadcast. I just got a text from Mooner. U of A Golden Bears leading Calgary 3-1 after the first period. Game one of their best of three Canada West semifinal at Claire Drake Arena. Back in a couple of minutes with more Inside Sports. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Okay, well, Oilers fans, I have bad news for you. Remember I told you a few minutes ago that the LA Kings lost in overtime to the Blue Jackets? They reviewed the goal, and the Blue Jackets were offside. And now the Kings have won the game, 4-3 in overtime. So LA gets up to 67 points, three ahead of both Edmonton and Vegas. Vegas still to play tonight. So the Blue Jackets did not win. I said they win. I, I, I said they'd won. NHL.com had said they'd won, and then there was a video review 
no goal offside and the Kings win it uh, on a goal by Arvidsson, his second of the game. He uh, got the tying goal with about uh, three and a half left in the third and he wins it four minutes in overtime. So uh, there we go. Another victory for the Los Angeles Kings. Now the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation Mega Multi-Day 50-50 wraps up tomorrow. This is the one that's stretching over six game days. So it ends tomorrow. So tickets on sale from 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. tomorrow. I said the jackpot was going to hit $4 million. It's going to get well over that because right now it's at $3.49 million. Uh, so, of course, uh, this is in support of uh, Wounded Warriors Canada, Operation Frontline Impact. And pretty cool, tomorrow there's an early bird draw at 7 for a uh, Scotiabank suite for 12 to an Oilers home game plus $1,000 food and beverage credit. This is in partnership with A&W Burgers to beat MS in support of the MS Society of Canada. And I'm pleased to welcome to Inside Sports. She's an ambassador for uh, Burgers to Beat MS with A&W. Patricia Jahuska is on the line. Patricia, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for popping on the show tonight. Um, if you don't mind, can, can you share uh, your journey with, uh, with MS, uh, maybe the diagnosis and sort of how things have changed for you since? Sure. Uh, so I was diagnosed uh, in 2012. I was 23 years old. Uh, what happened is I went completely blind in my left eye and uh, figured at that point something was really wrong. Uh, it took a couple weeks, uh, an MRI and a visit with a neurologist to find out that I in fact had MS. Uh, and you know, once you once you start looking back, you you start to realize that you know maybe there were some symptoms that you just didn't really like attribute to having MS. And so I think it's funny to look back, uh, you know, it's been over 10 years now. And, you know, when I was first diagnosed, I was terrified. I didn't know anything about MS. Everything I knew was the scary stuff. And over the years, um, just being involved with the MS Society, seeing all the amazing research and everything and and creating that awareness and raising the awareness, but learning more myself, um, it's, it's made it a little less scary and, uh, yeah, and a, a bit more manageable just with all of the progress with research. Well, and I'm just wondering, because um, I several years ago, this was about 20 years ago, I, I had a colleague who had MS, and she would have... Uh, you know, some really bad days, like walking with a with a really pronounced limp and and balance issues and stuff like that. Uh, are like, are you able to be active and and exercise with the way it's it's affected you, or does anything like that help? Yeah, so uh, I mean, MS. There's there's technically four different kinds. Um, I have, and probably your colleague had the uh, re relapsing, revitting kind. And so that's you know something goes wrong, and the symptoms last for a while, and then and then you recover to sometimes 100 percent, sometimes to a certain point. Um, and so that's where you'll see some of the disease progression is where you don't recover, uh, and then there's more aggressive uh, versions of the disease where you just never recover. You just keep getting worse. And so um, for me, I've been fortunate enough that exercise is something that really helps me manage my MS symptoms. And so um, at the beginning, uh, when I was first diagnosed, a lot of the information out there was don't exercise, don't overheat, don't do these things because they just didn't know. And the amazing, incredible thing is and research right here in Alberta um, has determined that MS is actually, or sorry, that exercise is actually a, uh, a great tool to manage MS symptoms. What it looks like for uh, each individual person might be a little bit different 
different, but for me, I just sort of am trying to live life um, to the to the best that I can, to the fullest, and do the things that I used to love to do uh, until maybe I can't anymore, and then that's when I adjust. But yeah, exercise has been a huge part of my life. Yeah, and how how significant is it that uh, you know there's a partnership tomorrow with the Oilers Community Foundation on the fifty fifty with A and W Burgers to beat uh, MS? What does that do for the for uh, for Burgers to beat MS and the MS Society of Canada? Well, so I've been involved with Burgers to MS basically almost since the beginning of when it really took off, and I've I've watched it evolve into this huge fundraiser. And I, you know, I sit on a council, and we work so closely with the the uh, restaurants, and just um, I also get to see the other side. I get to see where the where the funds go and and how it helps people that are living with MS through programs and services, but also huge huge amounts of money for research. And like I said, like some of the most promising research is happening right here in Alberta. So the fact that you know we can we can have those funds to keep to keep giving to these incredible researchers um, is unreal. And because Alberta also has some of the highest rates of MS in Canada, and Canada has some of the highest rates in the world, it's just I just feel it's so incredibly important to to keep keep that research going in our own country when our own country is the one that's suffering the most. All right. Well, well said, well said. And uh, uh, you're an Oilers fan and you're going tomorrow, I understand. So you ready to rock against the Canadians? I am, but my uh, husband, partner, whatever you want to call him, he is a Habs fan. So it's going to be an interesting, interesting night. <laughs> well, I mean, look, second last place is second last place. You can just tell him that, <laughs> regardless of what happens tomorrow, right? <laughs> yeah, it'll be a good time. <laughs> Well, well, all serious though. Thank you for doing this. Uh, an important message. I, I think you're a real inspiration, and the the fifty fifty is huge. It's going to help so many uh, different organizations. So thank you so much for hopping on tonight. Yeah, thank you for having me. That is Patricia Jahuska checking in tonight on uh, Inside Sports, and uh, yeah, really well spoken and uh, an incredible story. And I was really happy that she shared her journey there. At Rogers Place tonight, after the first period, Oil Kings leading the Hitmen. Two zip as they go for their 10th consecutive victory. As I mentioned, the uh, Kings thought they'd lost in overtime, and then they didn't after the Blue Jackets were found to be offside. So the Kings win it 4-3 in overtime. Stars lead the Jets 2-1 after two. Canes beat the Penguins 3-2 in overtime. Rangers beat the Devils 3-1. Lightning beat the Red Wings 3-1. Sabres holding off the Sabres 5-4. Tomorrow, 3-30 face-off show. Game at 5 here on 6-30. Jet, Oilers, and Canadians. Dave Campbell's the producer inside sports thanks to kellen kennedy our studio producer my name's reed have a great night Six thirty, chad inside sports with reed wilkins weekdays at six on Six Thirty, chad